0: I'm Carrie Benedette and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalize you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specializing in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Oh, listeners, our guest this week on Thriving Matters podcast is none other than the sensational Jodie Sainsbury. Now, once you hear Jodie's story, you're going to be sitting back and going, oh my gosh, what a glow getter is she? She's as bright as she, she's moved from heels to high vis, and her 30 years experience in corporate life is now showing such great leadership for women who are looking into a career in different areas of industry. Jodie, it is such a pleasure to have you today. Uh, welcome from the, the sunny state of Queensland where you're waterlogged, I know, but you're very welcome. How are you?
1: Thank you for having me on the show and nice to be here. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> so, yes, and yeah, a little, little bit drier at the moment, but I'm um, very humid. <laughs>
0: Well, it's uh, it's getting on to El Nino weather patterns, isn't it? But it is Jody, in, our, in our region, yes. Yeah. Jodie, I actually think you've aptly called your business um, so well. I mean, you actually have a kick-ass attitude to, to life and living and work, um, family, all those things that you do. Um, and our podcast, we talk to the most amazing ordinary guys and gals who are doing extraordinary things in life and work. And uh, I just, I've, I've been on this road for a little while. So the people I'm getting to meet have been absolutely astonishing. And there's always gems that our listeners can take away, things that they're curious about, um, that they can then relate to their own lives. But more importantly, how you lead yourself, how self-aware you are and how you lead yourself and others for turning up and showing up to be the best you can be in your situation so um, you know we're going to have a great conversation today so you know 30 years experience I really have to ask you the question what was it that really made you change corporate life for being a coal train driver
1: Hey, that's a good question. Are you ready <laughs> to be absolutely gobsmacked?
0: <laughs> I am, I am. Let's, have, okay. let's land it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gary. Um, I had a very big oh shit moment in my life um, over about 12 years ago, and I was incarcerated for two years. So I spent two years incarceration, and it was my return to home where I had to uh, readjust back into family and home life, reinvent myself, um, regain my credibility. And thus, that was where my job searching started again, because of course I'd been out of work for two years. So coming back into society is one of the biggest and hardest steps the individual can have after serving incarceration there's a lot of judgment in society and it's very cruel it's very harsh and it's very negative on your self-esteem on your, your self-confidence and on your mental health as well but um, I was always determined to gut it out and that's my my um my inner my inner um soul is you know it's a hurdle get on step over it and get get on with it so i um went back to the start recreated my um my resume and um put it in and i you know i was honest and open with um my resume that i was i i'd served two year uh, period of incarceration and was wanting to you know re-establish myself within the community and mm. my good work work ethic i always valued my work ethic and it's always been very good. We just get to a point in life where certain things happen. We make stupid decisions in a bad state of mind, which caused knee jerk reactions, which is what happened. It, um, it caused a lot of grief and heartache in my mm. family, what my family went through. So I had to come back and I knew I could make them be proud of me again. So I, yeah, went about job searching and it took about eight months to get a job because I was just getting rejected after letter, after letter, after application. No one wants to employ someone that's been to prison. It's just a cold, hard fact. And it's a sad, cold, hard fact because there's a lot of good people in prison, but there's also a lot of bad people in prison. And it's about the decisions that you make and the choices that you make on how you come up. come out and where you want to lead the rest of your life and what you do with that valuable life lesson that you've learned and we can't succeed unless we fail so that's the best life lesson is succeeding after you've had a major failure so I um yeah I sat at the computer then just applying for absolutely anything and every job I could put my hand to and the trainee train driver job come up and I filled out the online application and I sat there in front of the computer for probably half an hour, 40 minutes before I actually hit the submit button because it was just screaming through my head, you're not good enough, you can't do this job, they won't employ you. It was just a given, you know. I just second guessed myself the whole time. And then my husband came along and said, What are you doing? And I said, Well, I'm just sitting here, I don't know whether to you know apply for this job or not. It's you know, it's probably just a waste of time. I'm wasting mm-hmm. their time and I'm wasting my time just just hit the button so i did and after i after i hit the button i went like oh shit what have i done <laughs> anyway the rest is history because i got through the process and i went and um, became a train coal train driver and i absolutely love my job and i wouldn't look back it's um, been the best transformation ever so i um that's that's the starting point that's where it all come about and it was all about putting yourself out there believing in yourself and that's what i say you've got to step out of your comfort zone which it was totally left to feel of my comfort zone being in corporate Mm -hmm. all my life um i've done i've done project management but actually to, to to get out on board and operate a machine like we do like a train it's 13 and a half thousand ton fully loaded it's over two kilometers long oh it travels 80 kilometers um, per hour on track so to actually be in control of that huge piece of machinery is a very empowering feeling and very self-fulfilling feeling that yes I was capable I am capable I can do the job and not only me but everyone else is capable of doing the job too. So it started out um, on a, this journey of um, self, of advocating for myself sure. but for yeah. others as well. But um, don't ever let your past define you and don't ever let um, the judgment of others define you either because it uh, it won't get you
0: anywhere. That um, That's such a powerful story and it would have been very easy for you to have just dipped... Further and further into nothingness after not. uh, your experience, that would have been the whole temptation—the contagious feelings of that, of that. It
1: is. It's, um, and you know, and I and I understand people's um, condition of mental health over going through this crisis over the last, you know, eighteen months, two years. Mm. It's such a debilitating um, illness, but I never allowed myself to get into a state of Um, despair in over that period it was always just determined I've always determined and driven to gut it out and get through it and build and learn from it and that's what I've done and um, it's more or less um, what I what I say now you know it's my incarceration was the catalyst to me pursuing the life I lead now and the journey I'm on now and um, your darkest moment can actually define who you are now and lead you on such a successful route for your future.
0: And you know, Jody, you're you're an ordinary gal. You the, every day, every, every day. day, yes. So to, during that, I mean, you you said you spent you know seven months of rejected mm-hmm. applications, blah blah. Tell me some of the things that you were able you had learnt to do for yourself, um, because really depths of despair would have been quite attractive they're very seductive as well aren't they um and so what what type of things would you would you have in place each day that just helped you just go listen Jodie you're going to have to high five yourself I know you've got it you know yourself you've got it I don't need anyone else to tell me but we've got to get to the next step what were you able to do for yourself
1: it was um living by routine so throughout my Mm. period of incarceration. That was, um, you know, I was there for the first couple of weeks and just took it all on board because it's a very frightening, a very overwhelming thing when you first um, yeah. get incarcerated. So I just sat back and um, had the had the process, you know, processing in my mind. How am I going to get through this? How am I best going to deal with this? And so it was a matter of setting up a daily routine and just absolutely sticking to it. So after doing that for two years, I come home and it was more or less just doing that same routine but at home now with a lot more freedom. But, um, and that's what I did. So stuck to a t- routine. So got up at the same time every morning, done the, done the morning ritual of, you know, having tea or coffee, mm. checking in on the local news, going out and exercising for an hour, coming yep. back, attending to, you know, the house cleaning whatnot, whatnot, the, the chores that you have at home. Um, and then the same in the afternoon, I was doing some work, starting, you know, getting back onto my resume, updating that, enrolled in a lot of online courses, upskilling myself because over that, you know, and surprisingly over that two-year period, the skills that I had weren't necessarily the skills in demand um, when, yes. I come, when I come home. So that's, a, that's another big thing, how change affects everything so quickly, So it was about, you know, upskilling myself, retraining myself. So that's what I did. Um, Got online, upskilled and um, then set about um, just applying for those jobs and selling, you know, selling yourself as best you could. As I said, even though um, I was saying, hey, I need to tell you that, yes, I've just served a period of incarceration, but Mm. I'm here looking to um, forge my road ahead.
0: So you're really talking about how, um, your self-awareness of of yourself, what you needed, how you could um, be I mean and being very authentic um, in telling people, this is this is the, my reality. Um, these are these are the skills I've now been working towards because I realize there's been there's been a change. And um, I just think that's an amazing story. No wonder and you've got you've got a, you've put that into a book as well. I did. So yeah.
1: how how it came about was after I got my job and started working, I went through my traineeship, and um, a lot of women were coming up and saying, "Well, how'd you get that job?" You know. And then, and I was like, "Well, funny story." <laughs> it took me about <laughs> half an hour before I actually hit the uh, submit button to apply. But I, I stepped out of my comfort zone and I kicked into my kick-ass attitude of believing in myself and selling myself that yes, I am good enough. Yes, I could do that. Hey, I might lead a little bit of help on, on the way because I am new in this industry and new new um, profession, but I'm willing to learn. I am a lifelong learner and that's a very big value of mine. I live, I love to learn and um, we don't develop unless we grow and learn. So, and then the responses that I was getting from women was like, oh no, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't even know where to start. No. I, I, I could never even apply for a job like that. I was like, hang on a minute. Yes, you can. Yeah. You, you know, they're not man skills. They are just skills. And everyone is capable of doing the job. You just have to apply yourself. And as we say, take, take a step out of your comfort zone. Try something new. You'll be surprised at how quickly you will adapt, you will learn and you will love your new set of skills and your, your new profesh- professional, your new career. And that's what happened. So from that, it, it got me thinking, well, you know, where's the information to help these women to know that, yes, they can do these jobs. And in, you know, non-traditional roles in all these male dominated industries, there's a lot of intimidation there, or there was, it's getting a lot better now. Mm. Women aren't um, assured that they can go into that environment without being ridiculed, without being harassed, without, you know, without getting assistance. um, They're just there to, to fill a spot. But in saying that, you still have to be the right candidate for the job. You cannot just get a job because you are a woman or a female. You still have to, you know, have the skills to do the job. But as I said, in a job like mine, everyone has the skills to do this particular job. So gender should not, be a part of um, of the of the
0: course. I I love that that you've just said that because we've got a whole lot of um, comment, haven't we, at the moment about um, the role of women, particularly in leadership roles, um, and how the last eighteen months has affected the opportunity there. So it's you know there's a lot of women saying, well, we've we've actually felt like we've gone backwards um, yeah. in corporate leadership or or leadership of your own business. Um, I've always been an advocate for it should be the best person for the job, no matter whether you're Califumpian or black, white, licorice or sort or male or female or whatever, you know, Um, and I just go, well, that's ridiculous. Surely it's got to be the best person for the best job. I understand, though, to encourage women to apply and think they can do it, we actually need strong mentors. We need great programs. You know, we've all got to have a coach at some at some point. I mean, they're invaluable with that that circle of trusted um, colleagues who can challenge and encourage and inspire at the same time. I mean, that's that's for me. So there's more and more of um, kick-ass women around, just like your your um, uh, your uh, business. But you've also la- um, used your book as well as your radio. Joe, yeah. yeah.
1: So um, yeah, so with the book, um, I'll just go back to that. So I said about looking for some information, and like there wasn't a lot of information out there to actually readily help women to you know pursue these jobs. So in my downtime on um, on my shifts and that, I just said about writing notes, researching, looking around, and it was like put my notes together, and um, I came across this workshop. And said, oh, do you want to write a book? It's like, hell, why not? Yeah, I'll write a book. (laughs) And (laughs) just put the notes together. And um, thus the book was was written and it's a guide on helping women to actually think about these careers, you know, go through the process, update your skills, update your resume, start applying for those jobs, research the industries, have a look at the jobs, research the jobs. Have a thing about what you'd like to put your hand to, what you'd like to try. Mm. Um, if you're sick, of, if you're just going to work for the mundane purpose of going to work, well, you're not happy. You're not enjoying your job. You're mm. not enjoying your life. So get yourself out of that situation. Go and pursue something that you want to do, that you will enjoy and that will get you out. We'll put a spring in your step to go to work every day. And that's, you know, that's why I love my job because it does, it puts a spring in my step. I love stepping on board that train. I love getting out. We've got the best office view out of our window. I imagine. We get to to see some of the best sunrises, sunsets, nature at its best, uh, wildlife at its best and its worst, unfortunately. Um, But, yeah, it's, um, it's a job that you love, so you enjoy going to work. And... You have, you know, you build. I call it the way bridge. Your work life balance. There's never going to be any balance, but you need to build boundaries. So your Mm. boundaries are your way bridge. So I like that. um, Mm. That's yeah. So that's where that come about. And from the and it didn't. it it was just an accomplishment to write the book and to actually hold that book in your hand. I'll show you. The listeners won't be able to see, but um,
0: oh. And I don't know whether you can. Oh, oh I these screens. Yeah. yeah, but listeners, you've got to see the cover. The cover yeah. of of Jody's book is absolutely sensational. So it's yeah. just brilliant. And those legs, oh my yeah. gosh, <laughs> great, great legs. So high high heels. So we've got there's one beautiful female leg in high heels, yes. sensational yes. heels, and the other mm. leg is in high viz. It's yeah. very
1: clever. Mm. And it was, and um, that was, yeah. And with the popularity, you know, I got a lot, lot of um, communication um, sent to me saying, you know, I love your book. It was great advice, and so on and so on. And then it was um, the opportunity come out, come up to do the radio show, and it was like, okay, well, let's transform the book into a radio show, live stream radio show, and then it turns into the podcast. And it was just like you know, so that information's there that you can go back and, and um, listen to it at any time. And we, you know, we talk about um, all things non-traditional for women working in the male-dominated industries, yeah. and it's just a great stepping stone. But it's a great resource, and a lot more um, information is coming out. It is in, and it is. It's a, it's a topic now because the um, cor- corporations, organizations, businesses are looking. For more diversity in their workforces. So yeah. we need to encourage more women to, um, to enter these industries and um, particularly the younger girls. I'm a very big advocate for teenage girls to study and follow STEM careers because they are our future leaders, yep. our future researchers, adventurers, entrepreneurs, and we need those girls the future world is digital and technology we're in that world now and their generation they're the experts at it now like i'm technologically challenged at the best of time (laughs) and you know you see kids three-year-olds two-year-olds that can you know you're out shopping and these kids are in their their parents trolleys with the ipads and the iphones (laughs) and they're just zipping through whatever they're doing you oh. find things you know on the internet
0: themselves you just where, have to see babies just oh, do a touch on the on the exactly. phone now and you yeah. go oh my gosh yeah
1: and like you know they they love in they enjoy their gaming and their and their apps and that be a creator of it be a de- developer of yep. it you know they they have the the expertise in them it's ingrained in them so that's what these young women should be pursuing and the stem field is so underrepresented of women. So we really need to encourage um, the young girls to to, to go and explore these careers and these industries because they're phenomenal. There's some great resources and great groups out there for the teenage girls. I'm a patron of um, one such organization um, patron of Fire for Girl Shaped Flames and their uh-huh. new big sister company Unique U, which is all about um, creating um, and building confidence in the teenage girls, and then for them to pursue and um, look into these career pathways. Unique U has um, got virtual um, meetings online now with with women in industry, so the young girls can have mentoring one-on-one mm. mentoring sessions. So, yes, I'm a very big advocate for that realm there because it's so important to our future workforce.
0: Well, I think you bring up a really important point because those teenage girls, um, really, we've we've actually got to probably get to them earlier than that, that because yeah, the so stereotyping. Yes. Yeah, the stereotyping happens in primary school, but it even does. before that, mm-hmm. when you watch, we've got um we've got seven little Australians at the moment um between us, which is just lovely, and I'm just watching how. Um, It's a different view when you're a a grandparent looking in or a significant aunt or uncle, you know, um, and you're looking in on how the kids develop their their comments about things, how they reply to things or how they think about things, what they play with. Um, And so, you know, I'm thinking we've got to get to them earlier. And so um, I remember years ago, um, head of Honeywell Australia basically said to get girls into engineering and this was, this is decades ago, two decades yeah. at least. Um, and I, I had a role as a parent educator. Um, she said, we've actually got to get to them early, about about seven years old, yes, between that, that seven of, and 10 year old. they
1: transition to high school. Yeah, yes. yes,
0: yeah. And that's so, that should be
1: their direction in their study. And hmm. uh, sorry to interrupt you there, but that's and that's what we're actually trying to uh, follow up on now is getting getting the school guidance officers yeah. to actually learn about these careers and pathways themselves because a lot of the schools are focused on certain certain trajectories and that's right exactly <laughs> yeah. trajectories yeah. of their own preference not the kids or the you know the teenagers preference but yeah so educating the guidance officers about the opportunities out there and getting them to uh encourage the, the teenagers to study those subjects to follow those career pathways
0: but you know JD I'm so um, I just love uh, hearing about some of our young women who are setting up their own social um, uh, businesses their 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 pay forwards their their um, you know all their, their, all the things that they're interested in doing for no payment but just for the, for the connection of bringing yeah. bringing a collective yeah, intelligence and, um, you know, this this humanity together because we actually want to be treated well. We want to treat people. Um, I've come across a new hashtag I've been using a little bit and it's basically hashtag humanity is the profession. And I'm just thinking... Oh, that's
1: great. I love that. Yeah,
0: and I've been using it a little bit because more and more um, we've got these young women who are as gutsy, just mm. what you talk about, nothing seems to stop them. They put their hand up, they're willing to actually think through the way they're thinking about issues, concerns, the way people are being treated um, and how we are treating each other generally. And at the moment, the last 18 months, um, we have a lot of very anxious, uh, very uncertain um, behaviours. We have a whole lot of people who are feeling very marginalised. Yeah, we've we've got this global pandemic that's affected nearly every industry Every family, every person, Um, it's a health issue. We've got economic responses to a health issue. Um, And if we look at education, which is basically what we're talking about, this continual lifelong learning, um, well, education, there are some incredible examples of how it has progressed, how it has altered, how it's um, flipped its its way of being able to educate um, when it can't be face-to-face all the time. As you said, those kids, those little kids in the strollers and the prams on the iPads and the phones have already learnt how to access information at a young age, whether it's visual or sound, before they can even read or write, they're already accessing information about the world they're living in. And to me, that's mind-blowing. And the potential is massive
1: for us it's huge and that's it it is mind blowing it's exactly as you said it's it is huge it's hugely potential and yeah. for those young ones to get you know that's that's their first stepping stone and they've mastered it by the time they are 7 yeah. so they they're experts by the time they're 7 so they need to build on that expertise going into high school and then turn it into an entrepreneurial ship or a mm. well paid job and career like they've they've got that uh heads up already yeah Uh, whereas me i'm just i'm just upskilling myself now i've just um i've just done a uh i'm enrolled in a course through the uni of melbourne and we've done a couple of short courses on artificial intelligence and women and um and ai uh, policies and risk management so it's it's getting yourself up to speed on what is going to be required for the future workforce and um it it's it's pretty mind-blowing when you're not, yeah. when you're not in that um in that sphere of um of terminology of actual <laughs> physical and manual application of it it's it's but it's very interesting and i've, I've just immersed myself in it i'm just absolutely um yeah it's curiosity I'm, isn't it, it is. you've and got to be
0: curious yeah we
1: need to be in today's world in this um, ever-changing world we have to be curious and we have to want to learn more and we mm. we need to find out how it all works so yes
0: well we one do. of the other things that keeps coming up as well we're, we're in this world where artificial intelligence is but i mean we are all using um our phones uh you know uh, demand films on demand shows on demand you name it we're able to use it there's some great um thinking hubs singularity yes. hub um, singularity university all those. there's just so many different things around and there's ai can actually help us with some time efficiencies. so if it opens up a world where we can actually learn more um, and then uh, be prepared for what the future is bringing, because it's still a little bit uncertain. But what we keep um, hearing is that being able to talk to each other, being able to communicate well, to know how we are um, coming across or how we're affecting others or what how our behaviour is affected by our emotions, then will affect our relationships. And so as far as I'm concerned, the more we can do to upskill ourselves around our own self-awareness, to be aware of what others need, how to be genuine and authentic in the way we speak to each other, we care for each other, how we make our decisions, and how we manage our emotions and how then we, you know, can inspire ourself and others. They're the skills that are often called soft, but I'd, they, I think we've got to change that notion to essential, essential skills. And they go with the hard ones that, you know, everybody goes, oh, to be a good leader, You've got to be the captain of the ship. You've got to be the strategic leader. You've got to do blah, blah, blah. But more and more, the heart the heart, and the human-centred leadership is coming to the fore. And I think your, your group shows, that your work also shows that to be kick-ass women, um, to actually have a go at something that's totally foreign or you never thought you could do it, um, is the key.
1: And it is, and it all stems back, as we said, you know, emotional EI, emotional intelligence is the buzzword, but it is the biggest skill and the biggest tool that women have in their toolkit. And we are the best, you know, nurturers, we are the best active listeners, we are the best in applying those. Well, they're not as we said, they're not soft skills anymore. They are the skills of the future and EI is playing or needs to play such a bigger role in it. And, yes, leadership is where the leader has to lead, by example. The leader has to empathise with the work crew and the workforce and take on board and value each individual's perspective and opinion, and I call it potluck culture, and I love that terminology. There's a great book on it, you know, variety of perspectives variety of diversity in your team you can't have a successful team without that diversity of perspective and you need it
0: so
1: you know variety is the spice of life <laughs> so i think um yeah those those skills soft skills that we're saying um we've women are natural at developing and nurturing a higher level of ei you, you you develop a better sense of yourself And that's incredibly grounding. So when things get tough, when things are uncertain and when things are challenging, especially, it helps you navigate through those difficult Mm. situations with less stress and negative emotion.
0: Mm. If if you were to to look back um, a little bit, hindsight can be a pain in the butt, can't it? But um, is there something you would now do differently?
1: Um, Yes, I think... um, Being a bigger self-advocate for myself. Like, Mm. I think we're we're, we're our own worst enemies, you know, for self-esteem. But we are generally kinder, more nurturing and empathetic to others. At the same time, we're meaner, we're more dismissive and we're more critical Mm. of ourselves and others. Women need to be better at supporting women and helping each other rise up not being this competition that I want to be better than you, I'm going to stand on top of you to, to get ahead of you. Um, I think that is, with me, I think you need to find your inner self. You need to assert your purpose and your why. We all talk about, you know, finding your why, defining your why, but you need to live into your values and you need to um, to actually Project that. And I think that's hindsight. I think that's where um, if I had have done that prior to going and being incarcerated, life would have been different again. But, yes, in hindsight, Mm. I think, yes, define your why, live into your purpose and your values, and you
0: will, you know, your journey will be so much more smoother. Mm. what a what a a, an interesting story i i keep going back to an image of you in the driving the train so i've got this when you first started to speak today and i went i've got this picture of jodie just sitting in the front cabin um just sitting there all decked up in your high-vis stuff because you'll have your uniform on your steel cap boots on and then having this magnificent countryside um out, out of your windows the red soil so Am I right? Have I, have I gone to the right place where you drive?
1: Uh, not, no, I'm not so we've got a bit of red soil, but more <laughs> so um, grazing, um, like um, okay. cattle cattle grazing. We go past, we go through a lot of um, agricultural land. Um, so, but yeah, when you get out to uh, a couple of the mine sites, you see, you go through a bit of red dirt there, but our, our scenery is more so more of the um, pastoral side, the grazing cattle um, properties that we go through. And um, of course, past the major highway, on parts of our route. But yeah, so the red saw. You probably think I was more of over in WA.
0: Yeah, yeah, up north, and And up north, yeah. And then I, then, then I, after I had the sort of this image of you, I then went. Now this this is really interesting training because, um, in in high um, intensity situations, you have to remain super calm. Mm. You have to remain very present. Uh, you would have procedures that you would be able to automate. It's a bit like when the plane went down in the Hudson That's right. many years, years ago in the States, you know, um, what actually happened there, um, the training that kicks into place, when then do, does the training also kick into place, but then you have to still work out, is that going to be able to be effective in this situation? So there would have been some things you learned about yourself in oh, doing that training as well.
1: Definitely. And, and I think the biggest thing with that is, is to take a step back. And when we're, when you're going through your training, or well, and we were going through our training, um, a lot of the older and more experienced drivers would say to us, the trainees, if something goes wrong, you know, you sit on your hands and you wait and you let let the train do what it needs to do if it's if it's having a meltdown or a breakdown, and it has its its processes that it goes through. So if it if it doesn't find its its cure, then you have to actually start to go in and diagnose and find. But the the biggest lesson is and the biggest advice was sit on your hands, don't don't panic, don't start pressing buttons, pulling levers, you know, in panic. Yeah. Sit back and um, let all things progress at its natural, natural term. And then, you know, if if it doesn't work itself, then we go fault finding, we diagnose, and that's the same with. Um, and it is, as you said, it's hmm. an automated automated. Um, you're like working in automation yourself because of your training and of your, your your methodology in driving and handling the train. It is just automatic. So if a situation arises it just it's like it's automatic oh i need to do this i need to do that yeah and um then we'll we'll see what happens or and it's it is it's very much a routine um it's like a dance routine you're learning like a dance oh. routine you set moves you set turns um it's and very much situational vigilance you right. have got to have your mind on the job out in front of you looking ahead um and you've got to be looking, you know, in kind of every direction, overhead up above you for the overhead um, lines, out to the left, out to the right, anything coming across in front of you on the track. Um, so it is, but it, it as you said, it, it comes as an automated process mm. because it's, it's ingrained in you. You've been trained, you've learnt those um, procedures and um, yes, it's, oh, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's hard, but... For me, it was just um, I didn't panic, and I don't panic that much. I think that's just in inner self. It's well, no point panicking. So we'll 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 see what happens. We'll sit back and Trust we'll see the what process. happens, and then we'll yeah. we'll address it as we need to. Mm. Um, I, did I answer that? <laughs> I no. Know.
0: What what you just did though was um, give us um, a great example of when we're shocked or when we're surprised and we go to react instantly, we get the, what they call the amygdala hijack. And so how do we get ourselves into a place, you know, through the six, seven breaths that we take or the time to, so we can get from the um, primitive brain into the prefrontal cortex where we can yeah. do the lateral and the, and the, the, the wider thinking. Mm. And so sitting on the hands is a fantastic way of just giving yourself time to pause
1: restrain yourself yeah. i think yeah from yeah. going into to crisis mode into panic mode yeah. and yeah, yeah. And so that's know, where was, i went thank you for yeah. that yeah no it is a good analogy and you kind of do you are more or less if you are <laughs> on track and you have an issue with the train if the train you know wants to chuck a turn and um they they throw up what we call a penalty or a brake application something in you know the electronic the oh, yeah. um ecp system it might just have a um, bit of interference there somewhere and the train will just come to a stop. So it throws on the emergency braking, the train will come to a massive big um, stop and there'll be alarms going off left, right and centre and it's like radio and it comes up with, you know, your message, your screen comes up with messages and faults and whatnot. So then you start your diagnostic situation and Mm. your your remedies. But um, yeah, it is, it's actually, it is a very grounding thing and you do, you, you learn to appreciate Sitting on your hands and just assessing the situation before oh. actually re- reacting to it.
0: I think Be that is responsive and Fantastic yeah. explanation mm-hmm. and yeah, well done. Um, oh, I do you ever pinch yourself and go, "I'm actually driving this you machine." Do.
1: As I said, it's a very liberating and and very yeah. empowering feeling to think that you are in control of that train. That um, but it's very you know it's. It's very high pressure too. Mm. You can't afford for, um, for lax. Um, you've got to have, you know, um, one of our major safety um, protocols is not passing a red signal. So that's called the SPAD, so a signal pass at danger. So that's a, a major safety breach. And, of course, it can incur some major reactions. You could, you know, have a collision, you know, with a train in front of you in, in section or... Something mm. could be crossing the line in front of you, but um, yes, you have to be aware. You have to be on your guard all the time. So mm. it's not just sit back and hey, the train will just drive itself. You do have to be front and center, of course. But yeah. it is very liberating. It's um, and as I said, and you get to as I said, it is a routine. You have to learn the route. You have to learn the track. So and you and you allow um, in your train handling, you know when the train momentum will carry you through a certain section, so you can decelerate or you can ex- accelerate depending yeah. on where you are. You know that um, the train's gonna gonna get you through.
0: Yeah. Oh, brilliant! Just brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that with us today. I just um, um, listeners, if you'd like to know more about Jody, um, what she does, um, look it's she's very easy to find all you have to do is g- uh, just googling kick ass women K-I-C-K-A-S-S women jody you've got an email address you're happy for people to have that oh, by all um, means yes thank you yeah so that's jody j-o-d-y at kickasswomen.com.au and you'll find some fantastic resources Uh, a a particular program that you've got ready to go for for women looking at February yep yeah your your podcast and your radio show that is not just Australian based but also goes out to the US it does yes has has a good following in the US as well yes yeah I bet I bet but um you know and of course um any of the book um, depositories you, you can purchase. purchase. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jodie, look, if you had one little thing you'd just like to leave us with for today, uh, for anyone listening, particularly um, women. Now, there's a lot of over 40s, there's a lot of over 50s even, who are looking at change of career, um, looking at other opportunities, circumstances have changed. Um, I think that's where we'd like to pitch. If if you've got some words of wisdom, what would you like to leave us with today?
1: Um, I was introduced to a very good analogy, which I love and I use all the time. And it's like project like a bobby pin because they are a life-saving gem. They reinforce and support confidence. So think of yourself, you know, being a woman, how often have you used a bobby pin? (laughs) your hair up Um, and i'm hopeless at styles. but we put our (laughs) hair up and those little bobby pins just you know pin up pull up hide those little bits of or strands of hair so when we go out we're full of confidence we're we're reinforced so yes project like a bobby pin and always support and reinforce confidence in yourself and in others
0: Oh, I love it! Thank you so much. Yeah, so the <laughs>
1: next time you see a bobby pin, you'll be thinking because you you can bend them, you can uh, you can yeah. make them however work, and they're invisible. You know, you can make them invisible, so you can go out looking smashingly. You know, good with your upstyle, and no one needs to know that there's three
0: thousand bobby pins in your hair. <laughs> Basically, shining a light wherever you go because that's you've right. got it. You've got
1: and, it. <laughs> and that's it. And always live into your kick ass attitude, whatever that is to you. Always show up as the brightest, happiest version of you.
0: Oh, look, Jodie, thank you so much. Every thank you. best wish. I know you've just come off a 12 hour shift, so I do thank you. <laughs> you need to, um, you're very. Um, definite about getting uh, your sleep, oh, yes. yeah, yep, yeah. so you're present and you can do the job the best you can. So everybody's wish. great to talk to you today. Listeners, um, if you've enjoyed our chat today, um, give us a little bit of love. Everybody likes a little bit of love. You'll find Thriving um, Matters, a podcast on all the major podcast platforms share it with a friend you might have someone who you just know is looking for a change and this could be the absolute catalyst for you um, J D. once again thank you and um, just remember make sure you reach out to somebody who you haven't spoken to for a while you don't know how they're doing they are precious and unique and you're thriving matters and so does they. bye for now i'm carrie benedict This is my podcast, Thriving Matters.